Couch Talk Sports back with another episode. Free agency is getting real spicy. NBA free agency is getting real spicy. A lot of news, a lot of rumors. And we're here to break it all down for you with my co-host, Jay. What's up, man? What's up, man? It's been a cool minute, bro. How you been? been? Cool minute, cool minute. I see you sitting there with that NBA Lakers championship hat on 2020. Oh, yeah. You know I had a rev, especially since this is my first episode after our victory, so... Not gonna come out with the hat. I see, I see, looking real nice over there. You didn't order me one. That's kind of messed up. <laughs> they don't make them for e fans, man. It's alright though. I'll custom order you a second place hat. Don't you? Yeah, yeah. You know, I was pretty hurt after the NBA final results. Lakers beat the Heat four two. Kind of upset about that. My Miami Heat went down. Great effort though. Great effort though. Jimmy Butler. Let's get that man his flowers while he here. That dude bald. Left it all out on the court. Yeah, I can't disagree with that, bro. He, he bought game five. He kind of gassed out, but the whole playoff series, I can't. No, yeah. no disagreement here, yeah. bro. I can't criticize a man. He, he balled out. Yeah, congratulations to LeBron on winning his third NBA championship. Congratulations to AD for winning his first championship, and finally got it done out there in LA. Rest in peace to Kobe Bryant. That one definitely for the Mamba. We respect that. But let's talk about this NBA free agency, man. Actually, let's talk about the draft first. Let's talk about the NBA draft first. Because the NBA draft is Wednesday, 7 o'clock Eastern. It's going to be held virtually. There's a lot a lot of rumors. There's a lot of players and a lot of rumors talking about where these players are going to go. Nobody knows who's going to go number one. Minnesota got the first pick. Golden State Warriors got the second pick for now. It's a lot of rumors that they may trade that pick and try to get another superstar. The Hornets got the third pick, Chicago Bulls with the fourth pick, Cleveland Cavaliers with the fifth pick, the Hawks, Pistons, Knicks, Washington, Suns. That round out your top ten picks. And everybody's saying LaMelo Ball to the Minnesota Timberwolves. You think that's a good pick right there? You think that's a good choice for them? I don't really like that fit in Minnesota. Um, I think I am a ball. I am a Lamelo Ball fan, especially since I don't think he gets enough credit for like what he's been doing the last couple of years. You know, moving to Lithuania, playing in the professional basketball league as a boy. I think he was like what 15, 16 years old when he uh, started playing over there. So I guess like those kind of criticisms when it comes to his maturity, I think they're kind of a little bit unfair. But as a like on the court fit, I don't know if. Him and D'Angelo could actually play together because it looks like they both need the ball to succeed. And then you add that to a, a Carl Anthony Towns, who also kind of needs the ball in ISO situations. So I don't really like the fit there for LaMelo or D'Angelo. If I were the Timberwolves, if I can't really trade the number one pick, which the rumors are saying that they're really trying to do, I would just go with either probably Anthony Edwards, given that like little 3 and D guy that could complement uh, D'Angelo and Cat more. But uh, what do you think? No, I really don't think there's a perfect fit for Minnesota right now. I think that they should take the best player on the board. And the best player on the board would be LaMelo. I mean, he's 6'7", a point guard who could see things, make plays. In most ways, prospects like him are really, really good. But as you were saying, Edwards, Anthony Edwards is the best player, I think, sorry, the best fit for the Minnesota Timberwolves, in my opinion. He's going to be most likely number one or number three to the Hornets. So hopefully he goes number one. He's about 6'4", 6'5". I would consider him like a combo guard, kind of like a Dwayne Wade. 
He could play point guard, but he's really a two guard. He put on a show at Georgia a lot of times last year. So if you want to go best player on the board, I will go LaMelo. If you want to go probably with the highest upside and the best athlete in the draft, I will go Anthony Edwards. I think he's going to be a superstar in this league. I'm not going to call it right now. I'm going to see him play against NBA players first. But he did pretty good at Georgia. SEC, pretty good competition down there. You got Kentucky. You got Auburn. You got Florida. I mean, you got some good, you know, Kentucky always has some great athletes. They get, they get a top recruiting class every year. Auburn doesn't improve their recruiting. Florida's always up there. I think Andy Edwards showcased a lot last year. And I think that'll be a good pick for Minnesota. I think he'll play better with D'Angelo Russell than LaMelo. Because LaMelo needs the ball. And I don't think Anthony Edwards needs the ball every time. Yeah, I think he just complements him a little bit better. He's kind of like the athletic. Even though I think he's only about, what, 6'5"? About 6'5", yeah, 6'5". Yeah, he's an athletic kind of, you know, attacking two-guard. Or you could play him at the three. It depends on the lineup. But he's kind of like that athletic two-guard who could attack, play some defense. And like you said, he doesn't really need the ball. So he he could be a better fit with D'Angelo. I guess his biggest question mark was his, I guess, his consistent shooting. Even though he did show at times that he could make a three every once in a while, but just the consistency so he could play off the ball, off of D'Angelo. And then if you do want to make an argument for LaMelo to go number one, I think what kind of gets lost with him, like everyone talks about his playmaking and kind of his shooting and all that. He's pretty tall, dude. LaMelo, he's like 6'7 with like a 6'9, 6'10 wingspan. Defensively, I know people are saying that he doesn't really be he was in those like kind of Trey Young comparisons where he, he's kind of like that Harlem Globetrotter type of player but doesn't really play defense and it's going to be like a liability if like they were to make the playoffs I mean I could see where coach um kind of making that argument or you're a GM or a scout or whatever using that length to kind of compliment D'Angelo having a 6-5 and a 6-7 you know backcourt I mean that could do some stuff defensively in the right scheme but um overall I do think Anthony Edwards is the would be the open the better fit with, you know, D'Angelo and Cat. Yeah, I agree with that as well. I agree with that as well. I think he would be a better fit than LaMelo. I think LaMelo, maybe to the Knicks. I'm not going to say the Warriors. I really don't want him to go to the Hornets. Maybe the Chicago Bulls with the fourth pick, but I don't see LaMelo falling that far. I don't think they need his work in uh, Cleveland. And Atlanta Hawks, of course, already have Trey Young. So I don't see him going there. But let's move on to Jay's Wiseman because this is interesting. He's saying where he will not go. they saying it's going to be the Warriors. The Warriors saying they're trying to trade that pick. Minnesota don't seem likely to take him with number one pick because they already have Townsend. That's interesting. I mean, he's a six. Actually, he's a seven, one, two, forty big that could run the floor. He could dunk. He has a little bit of a 20-foot jumper. I mean, I can see him. He could play in this league. He's a prototype big man to play in the league right now. But what team do you think he's a good fit for? Well, the team that sticks out is obviously the Warriors if they don't end up trading that second pick for a veteran or whatever. And I think he will end up going there unless the Hornets jump the Warriors and get that first pick. Because supposedly people are saying that they really want Wiseman and they want to jump the Warriors. But I think, you know, if you put him next to, to Draymond and then with those other two guards who could kind of feed him because I think for since he's still really raw and he's only 19 years old I mean he's gonna be more effective on the defensive end and kind of that rim rolling job where you know he could do the pick and roll with either Steph or even Draymond and just roll to the rim and get some easy 
buckets. But I like that fit there. They definitely need some size. You know, last year everyone was kind of hyping up the Warriors to see they were going to kind of make a run. But um, that didn't happen because, you know, Steph got hurt. But one of the things that kind of stuck out with them was that they didn't have no real bigs to protect the rim. And I think he'll do that. And I think he could also play, you know, next to Draymond or, you know, either it's like Kevin Looney when he's off the bench or whatever. So I think that'll be the best fit for um, Wiseman. And then especially since they're so good in developing players with Kerr in the front office, I think that would be his best landing spot for him too. I agree with that. I do think Golden State will be the best fit for Jane Wiseman. I'm interested to understand and look into why they don't really think he's a potential player that they want long term. Because they keep talking about trading number two pick. I understand that they're probably in a win now mode and they don't think Wiseman uh, is that player that could, you know, get them over the, over the top when it comes to playing in the Western Conference. We have the Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets. But I think he could be a very valuable piece. He could block shots. He could run the floor. They're up-tempo offense. I mean, that pick and roll between him and Steph could be pretty deadly if he has a consistent, you know, 15 to 20 foot jumper. Also, I think, you know, that alley-oops, he'll be open a lot because you can't come off the shooters. He, he can play with his back to the basket. Like you said, he is kind of raw, but I think he's a good fit in uh, Golden State. And I think they should keep that pick. And I think they should draft him. I really do. Yeah, and then especially there's like reports too saying that I guess the Warriors uh, might trade the number two pick for to the Spurs for Aldridge and like their whichever pick, whichever first round pick they have, and just switch. But um, I don't see what if you for me if I had to choose between Wiseman and Aldridge for next season, I would still go with Wiseman just because we already know you you know you know what you're getting with Aldridge. Yeah, he does have size. He's 6'11", 7 feet too. But defensively, too, he's been uh, exposed the last couple of years, especially in the playoffs. And I don't think, you know, with the Warriors, if they really want to make a run next year, you know, especially with, like, the Lakers, they might get better at the Clippers, you know, the Merchants and Nuggets. I think going forward, they'll be, even for next season, they'll be a, Wiseman will be a better fit for them. I don't know why they would want to trade that, unless they have something else down their sleeve that we don't know about. But I, I would definitely, you know, Wiseman's definitely a better fit, even next year, better than Aldridge. Oh, you're talking about uh, it was a potential trade talk between the Golden State Warriors and the San Antonio Spurs, the number two pick for Aldridge and the number 11 pick. That's what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, yeah, I would definitely take Wiseman over that. And I think Aldridge is getting up there in age a little bit as well. I think he's actually a better fit. I don't know if Aldridge could run the floor like Wiseman can. But an up-tempo offense, I mean, maybe when he was a little bit younger, Aldridge would be a, a good choice. But I would definitely stick with Wiseman at this point. And like we said, the number three pick goes to the Charlotte Hornets, Chicago Bulls. We won't go over each and every player, I mean, each and every draft pick and what teams should draft. But what's the other players that stand out to you? I like OB Toppin. You know, he played at, I believe it was Dayton. Yeah, he played at Dayton. He had excellent. He could play inside, outside. He did it all. 6'9", player who was really good. Isaac Okoro, I liked him. He played at Auburn, 6'6", freshman, 225. Uh, Kelly and Hayes, he's from France. They're looking. Um, the New York Knicks are looking at him. Of course, they're looking at him. Six five point guard, <laughs> one ninety two from France. I don't know why the Knicks love these, you know, international point guards, and they actually never get on the floor. That'll be re- Cole Anthony played at North Carolina. He kind of got injured late in the season, but he was a real, real good freshman point guard for North Carolina. Six three. He led them in scoring. Once he got hurt, North Carolina couldn't really do much. You have R.J. Hampton. He's coming out of high school, a 6'5 point guard. A lot of people are talking about him. And also Tyrese Maxey 
coming out of Kentucky is another player, 6'3", freshman point guard coming out of Kentucky. What player stands out to you out of all the players I uh, talked about? The player that's been growing on me the last couple of weeks, I've been you know kind of doing my research, is uh, I think you just mentioned them right now too, Okongwu from USC, the, yeah, the freshman uh-huh. big man. And I mentioned earlier how the Hornets, they wanted Wiseman. You know, they can't get Wiseman, say, if he goes to the Warriors and the Hornets can't trade up from. I think O'Connell will be a really good pick at number three for them. I think he could do kind of the same things that Wiseman does. He kind of does remind me of Bam, kind of that quick, you know, bounce back, you know, getting off the floor fast. He could finish around the rim. He still has to, I guess, develop that little jumper from the free throw line like Bam did this year. But um, I really like his upside, too, though. He's, he's still only 19. And even though he is 6'9", kind of like Bam's height, he has a long wingspan. You know, he could defend. He could run the floor, too. The thing that I saw, I liked about his highlights, too. And then when I saw him play um, earlier this year at USC, which seems like forever, um, we had a real, you know, college basketball season, is I like how he seals off defenders when he tries to get the ball. That was one of the things that stuck out. But I think O'Connell, too, um, he's been growing on me lately. And you can even kind of make the case that him and Wiseman are, like, right there, like, 1 and 1A when it comes to, like, the top two bigs, you know, in this draft class. But I think O'Connell, if, like I said, if the Hornets can't get Wiseman, to supposedly they're really in love with, it's not a bad fallback plan for them. So I don't think they'll really miss anything with O'Connell. Yeah, yeah. currently Akanu, he's uh, slated to go to the Washington Wizards at the number nine pick, 6'9", 245 freshman out of uh, USC, shot 61.6% from the field. He actually had a great season because, you know, I follow USC men's basketball, you know, religiously, and he was their best player. So I do like him. I like Obi Toppin as my player in this draft that not many people are talking about. I mean, they're talking about him, but I think he has a his ceiling is very, very high. A six nine could stretch the floor inside outside game. He has some athleticism. I mean, he won National Player of the Year at Dayton. Dayton isn't really one of the Power Five, you know, not even one of the Power Five conferences, and he stood out and got national attention. I like him. He's slated to go to the Chicago Bulls at number four right now. I don't know if he's a good fit in Chicago. I like to see him go somewhere else. But I think he's the, my player I'm going to keep an eye on uh, moving forward after he's selected in this draft. That's a nice one, too. Also, what happened to uh, people kind of forgot about him, uh, R.J. Hampton? Yeah, R.J. Hampton, yeah. He didn't play. Yeah, uh, he last didn't. Year. Mm-hmm. And then when he ended up going to, what, New Zealand, I think, to play professional ball for a yeah. year. Before he he went internationally, yeah, New Zealand. Yeah, he might be kind of like the steal of this draft because a lot of people have him going on either at the end of the lottery or middle to late first round. Because his stock really fell. But um, what do you think about RJ? No, I like RJ. Like you said, he was the number one player coming out of high school last year. He opted to uh, not play college basketball. He opted to go overseas instead. Um, he's a 6'5", 185. I would consider him a shooting guard. I mean, he could be a combo guard as well. I could see him uh, kind of playing like C.J. McCullough. You know, when the point guard is not in the game, he handles the ball. But when the point guard is in the game, he moves to the two slot. I would see him a combo guard as well. He definitely can shoot, and he definitely, definitely could play good defense. So he could be a 3 and D guy to begin with until the games evolve. Um, like we mentioned earlier, Wiseman is kind of raw. I think Hampton is kind of raw as well. But I think he has the um, huge upside. He has the ability to be a... I'm not gonna say a superstar, but be a star in this league. I'll definitely be a good, a good player. Right now, he's currently slated to go to the um, Portland Trailblazers with the number 16 pick. I think he, he could slide into the lottery, but I think 16 is a pretty good place for him. 
Yeah, and then Portland does love their kind of those high upside raw type of guards. You know, you mentioned earlier when they dropped the CJ a couple of years ago, and then uh, last year too with the uh, and I can't say his first name, Anthony Simmons. Yeah. So they uh-huh. kind of like gambling on those kind of you know high upside guards who could since they don't really need them to contribute right away because they do have CJ and Dame. But those dudes kind of like come off the bench their first year and just have, you know kind of try to master that role. But I like RJ at Portland. Yeah, I like him. I like him as well. And Doug actually will add some depth in the you know in the backcourt for um, the Portland Trailblazers, especially since Dame is coming off an injury and CJ McCullough is coming off an injury as well, a fractured back. And I forgot what Dame hurt. I think it was his, was his ankle, his calf, something like that. So they'll add some depth in the background for him. That's the draft right there. There's a lot of good players. I mean, it's not a very talented draft. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to be a superstar. If anybody's going to be a superstar, it's going to be LaMelo or Anthony Edwards. James Wiseman is pretty raw. I don't think anybody's going to be contribute greatly in their first year. If you had to pick somebody who's going to contribute the most, who would you pick? Uh, uh, that's a tough one, dude. Um, the thing about this draft that I like, even though maybe it might not be top-heavy, I do like the depth of it. I think like a team could find a really good player who could contribute in you know in the mid to late twenties, depending, you know, obviously on fits and all that. But um one player that stuck out to me too was uh Tyrell Terry from Stanford. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a pretty small guard. Um yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I love his handling ability. He's a pretty good shooter. Um, I don't have the stats on him currently, I don't know if you do, but um the film sticks out right away for me. Uh, what was he? Was he a senior last year? Am I tripping? No, he was a freshman, actually. Actually, He was a freshman, right? He yeah, was a freshman, mind. yeah. 6'2 freshman out of Stanford. Yeah, but uh, he didn't play like a freshman, dude. <laughs> um, you know, he was always really composed um, in big Pac-12 games. Had a good shot, knew when to pull up. That's one dude that's kind of stuck out with me. If my Lakers could get him late in the draft, we picked 28th. I think that would be a perfect fit, you know, kind of have him develop um, his rookie year. Or maybe when we need him, if we don't get keep Rondo on how that, you know, a ball handler off the bench. But I really like Tyrell. Yeah, 6'2 freshman um, coming out of, let's have him slated right now, going early in the second round, 34th pick to the um, Philadelphia 76ers. So keep an eye out for him. I did see a little bit of his game as well. He definitely played like a freshman. He has the ability to play point guard, consistently make pull-up jumpers, and will allow to secure a guaranteed contract. That's what they're saying. So I guess that CBS Sports is very high on him. But that's the NBA. 41% from the three-point line, bro. That's <laughs> Especially right now in the NBA, that's valuable. You know, come off the bench and hit some threes. And then, um, you know, his ball handling ability. He's one of those guards who has a quick release. And it's pretty, it's a high release. You know, it's always hard to block him, even though he is 6'2". So that does kind of make up for his height. He has that quick high release that could get him off. So, um, yeah, I like Tyrone. Yeah. It should be an interesting draft. It should be a very interesting draft. You think it's deep. I think it's top-heavy once you get past the fifth or sixth pick. I mean, I think every team probably going to go with the best player on the board or what's the best fit for them. I'm really interested to see what the Warriors do with the number two pick coming into the draft. Will they keep it? Will they trade it? And I'm interested to see who the Minnesota is going to pick with the first pick in the draft. But speaking of free agency, it starts November 20th. It starts the day of the draft. Well, no, actually, it don't start the day of the draft. It starts a little bit after the draft. So yeah, three days after the draft. Three so, days after the draft, yeah. Or two days, I'm sorry. So the draft is November 18th, mm-hmm. and then 
uh, free agency and I guess that whole what's it called momentorium or whatever they call it, where you could have you know start talking to players and agreed to deals that's on the twentieth. Yeah. But a lot of teams already talking to players. Just look like it looked like Chris Paul's CP three is allowed to you know go out there and talk to teams. <laughs> we got word that Oladipo was already asking teams in front of his teammates can he play for them. <laughs> I mean that was a very interesting article that I read this morning. Free agency is shaping up to be very very spicy, very nice. And all the sauces on Twitter, if you're not on Twitter, please get on Twitter if you're an NBA fan. They're sharing all the news. The news broke the other day that CP3 and, I'm sorry, the Thunder and CP3 are in talks with probably sending him to the Phoenix Suns. I think that would be very, very good for Obre and Ricky Rubio. I think that's a very, very good trade. Maybe a pick might be included in that as well. I think CP3 can bring a lot of leadership to the Phoenix Suns. He brings winning. He brings that mentality of, you know, leave it all on the court. And they're missing that. I think that's a piece that they're missing. What do you think about that trade? Or potential trade? Potential trade. Yeah, I mean, I really like that trade for the Suns, but uh, I hate it for CP3. (laughs) I mean, yeah, he's going to make them better, and you could say they could make a run for that 8th or 7th seed, especially how, you know, they ended the bubble undefeated. They went 8-0 and in the bubble, so they could kind of build off of that. I could understand why they would want to make that trade, since they do need a point guard. But, I mean, what's their ceiling with the CP3? They have Booker, they have Aiden, they have a couple other guys who are all young. I mean, it's kind of best-case scenario for CP3. I think next year is kind of what happened with the Thunder, you know, kind of overachieved, got to the fifth seed, gave the Rockets a, a run for their money, took them to seven games. I could see him doing that for the Suns, maybe getting a fifth or sixth seed, you know, being that kind of dark horse and then people get excited about. But um, I don't think, I don't see a playoff series victory. I don't see him contending, you know, for a championship this year, especially since the West is going to get better. So, I mean, I would, I hopefully, you know, I kind of want CP3 to kind of get in front of this and kind of block this trade, maybe somewhere else where you could contend since he does deserve it. But um, it's a great trade for the Suns, like you said, bringing that, you know, veteran leadership who, you know, who has shown that he could win, you know, something that Booker hasn't really done yet and kind of, you know, they do get into the playoffs, you know, he'll help them out there. But um, as for CP3, like I said, I don't really love it for him. You know, if they could send him somewhere else where he has a chance at the title, I would rather have them do that for him. No, I definitely understand that. that. I mean, the ceiling isn't very high, especially when you have the Lakers and Clippers in the mix. Also, the Nuggets are in the mix. You have Dallas who's going to get better. Granted, that Porzingis comes back fully healthy. But I think it's a good trade for them. Phoenix Suns have always been the laughing stock in the NBA. They're trying to show that, okay, we're really trying to win now. They brought in a good coach. They ended the uh, bubble on 8-0. So I think Chris Paul will be a very good fit for them moving forward and a piece that could, you know, at least help them become a winning franchise who hasn't made the playoffs in about what, 10 to 12 years. I think it is. And I think one thing I was thinking about Gordon Hayward has a player option. He could opt out. What do you think about CP three going to Phoenix? And then maybe they sign Gordon Hayward. You know, he is a shooter. Have him starting that small forward. I think that would kind of, you know, make them a little bit better if they include CP three and Gordon Hayward potentially ideally that would be great for sons but i don't think hayward he has a what like i think a 30 31 million dollar option yeah for player this option. Year. Uh-huh. yeah and i don't see him opting out of that unless you know a team offers on like you know a secure three four-year deal for like you know 20 15 20 million dollars a year that he could take kind of like what uh al horford did last season so i don't see him doing that and then i don't even know if the sons would be able to make him that type of offer just because, you know, CP3 is going to make over $40 million 
41 million this year against the cap and then I, it keeps going up the two years after I think it goes up to like what 44 and 47 million yeah so I don't even know if they would be able to afford Hayward after that but um you know on paper that would look good Hayward you know coming to the Suns and I could see that happening but financially it wouldn't make sense for Gordon yeah I know I'm just putting on my thinking hat here you know I'm trying to you know get involved put on my GM hat trying to make teams better over here but moving on from CP3, Russell Westbrook, news broke yesterday. He's not happy in Houston. James Harden came out and said he's okay with Houston. He wants to stay in Houston. But Russell Westbrook wants out. Potential landing spots for him so far that we heard. Clippers, Knicks, Charlotte. Those are the three that I heard so far. I don't know if you heard anything else. But Russell Westbrook to the Clippers? Ooh, Lakers might be in trouble. As a Lakers <laughs> It would be good for the Clippers, but it would be even better for the <laughs> Lakers, baby. I mean, bring it on. I mean, even if they do keep Paul George this offseason, during the like, say they do get Russ, right? I mean, during the season, they're going to look good. You know, probably make a. I mean, I expect them to be a top two, three seed in the West. You know, even if they don't make any moves. Um, but you got about it too from like a Clippers standpoint, because what's their ultimate goal? for next season it's winning the championship right so say you do bring in you know Westbrook with and you keep PG so that's going to be kind of your big three I mean the kind of you know hypothetical uh, matchups that they're going to get in the playoffs say they play the Lakers that's kind of going to having Westbrook Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on the same court that's going to go to the advantage of the Lakers because it's going to shrink the floor for Kawhi because Russ can't shoot and we saw what happened in the playoffs you know when they played the Lakers in the second round Whoever Russ was guarding, they kind of helped off of him and were able to trap Harden and whoever else, you know, all the, the rest of their shooters. And I think it'll be the same thing, especially with the Lakers' size. They would just shrink the floor on the Clippers. So, I mean, if they want to buy the – even with Nuggets, too, I think with the Nuggets' size and length, that would, the Clippers would have trouble with them and, say, a potential rematch next year in the playoffs. So, I mean, on paper, it looks good. Westbrook, you know, Kawhi, PG. But for a playoff standpoint, and I don't even think Ty Lue's going to be able to make any adjustments with that other than maybe, you know, bench Westbrook in crunch time. That wouldn't really make sense for me, especially paying his $40 million salary. I don't see why the Clippers would want to do that. Yeah. And I never understood why Westbrook hasn't improved his jumper yet. I mean, he, that's the only thing he's been needing to improve for the last three seasons. And I mean, the media, you know, just grills him for not having a jumper. He can't shoot at all. He's shooting below 30% from the three point line. I mean, he's all right above the three point line. Like that 20 foot jumper, 15 foot jumper does go in more times than none. But that three point jumper has to improve. I'm Russell Westbrook right now. I'm in a gym. Uh, we usually would say all summer, right? All winter. But he doesn't even have all winter because training camp starts in the NBA in three weeks due to the season starting December 22nd. So I don't know how, what he's going to do to improve that jumper, but he really does need to improve that jumper. If he improves that jumper, I think it'll be a great piece for the uh, Los Angeles Clippers. I already don't like him in New York. I mean, he does play hard, and I know New Yorkians, New York people would love that, but the media will just grill him because I don't think they will win much unless they bring in some other pieces with him. Right now, the Knicks are talking about Russell Westbrook. They're talking about Van Fleet. I really like Van Fleet going to um, the New York Knicks, but New York Knicks need a lot of talent, as we all know. They do hold the 8th and 19th pick, so we've got to see what they're going to do with that. I like Russell Westbrook to the Clippers. I think that would be very interesting. Please do not send him to the Charlotte Hornets. 
please do not send Russell Westbrook to the Charlotte Hornets. That Nothing good will come of that. I think he'll be even more frustrated than he is now in Houston. Let's talk about your Lakers. They're always trying to make splash. The rich is always trying to get richer, of course, which I hate. You posted this on your IG today. The Lakers are interested in uh, DeRozan. Yeah, I guess that's the new Laker rumor of the day. Honestly, I don't know how realistic it is, given the fact that, you know, the Spurs and Lakers don't have the greatest history. We all know that Pop hates us for some reason. I mean, it was probably all those times, you know, Phil, Kobe, and Shaq, you know. Only according to you, Pop hates you. I never heard anybody else say that. Oh, we're not going to get into that, man. Real Laker fans know, bro. Check out Laker Twitter, and maybe they'll get a quick lesson on why. But um, from the Lakers standpoint, I could see them doing it. Well, see, I guess the report said that it would include Kuzma, Green, and I don't know what else to kind of uh, match the salaries because DeMar is scheduled to make $27 million next year if he doesn't opt out, which from everyone saying that he's not. But um, I could see the Lakers doing this just to get that kind of third star to kind of take the load off of AD and LeBron because we know that for them, since them and the Heat were in the finals this past year, it's going to be a quick turnaround for them. What they're going to get about, what, 70 days from the last finals game, game six, to the first day of training camp. So that's not a lot. So I could see him going for that third star to, you know, let LeBron bet, uh, let LeBron rest, even AD. Um, if, they, if he gets a couple of DMPs early in the season, you know, the road can kind of help him out with that. And his contract does expire at the next year. So it keeps on that flexibility that they want, and they want to pursue another big free agent next year to pair up with AD. But, um, yeah, I could see it. You know, the biggest knock on DeRozan, you know, I was looking at Twitter and see what they were saying about it, is the biggest concern with him with the Lakers would be stretching the floor. You know, he's not the best three-point shooter. Um, I think last year he shot around 25% from the three, even though he barely takes any threes in general. My biggest concern with that was being able to stretch the floor for AD and LeBron. But I think defensively he does fit just because of his length. And um, I don't know why he's been getting knocked on when it comes to his defense. He's not an all-defensive player or whatever. But um, Vogel showed last year that he doesn't need all perimeter, you know, all defensive perimeter wings or guards, you know, to have a good defense, you know, with his schemes and adjustments. I think the Rosen will fit right in. They wouldn't be asking him to do much either. So as a third option, that could kind of help the load with, you know, LeBron and AD. I mean, I like the trade. I know, you know, us Laker fans were giving green um, – a lot of flag for his shooting performance in the playoffs, which was well-deserved, by the way. Well-deserved? Um, He's getting threats. Oh, was yeah, that well-deserved as well? Laker yeah, fans I mean, always well, overdoing it. <laughs> hey, that I do. I mean, I was just criticizing on his game, but I didn't get to the level of, you know, threatening his family or whatever. But uh, those type of tweets don't, you know, represent Laker fans. But, um, no, even though, you know, Green wasn't, shooting how we wanted him to defensively he still was putting up he was still doing good i think his efficiency rating was pretty high too but um he was doing all the little things too man you know that doesn't always show up on the stats rotating you know um getting that those little rebounds um closing out so he was a good fit on vogel's defense but um i think if you get a chance to get the mar for that price as long as we don't have to give up too much i would do it yeah i think the rose could potentially be a good fit in l.a I mean, like you say, you are trying to extend the range in L.A. because your three-point shooting really didn't kick in until the actually the NBA Finals, probably right when uh, the Miami Heat went zone against you guys. And then Pope, Green, and uh, some other players started, you know, lighting it up. But just some other potential other free agents. You got Marcus Morris. You got Serge Ibaka. You got Goran Dragic, which I know everybody will want him after the playoff performance that he had. 
You also have uh, Joe Harris, who's a three-point sniper. I hope Brooklyn does not let him go. You have Bonovich. He's a restricted free agent. You also have Jeremy Grant for the Denver Nuggets. I know um, some rumors have been around that he may be going to Miami. You have Montrose Harrell, who's an unrestricted free agent. Clippers talking about bringing him back. You have Mike Conley Jr. You have Andre Drummond. We said DeMar DeRozan has a player option, so he could either be traded or he could opt out. That's very interesting. Is he willing to take less money? You have Gordon Hayward. You have Gallinari, Van Fleek, Brandon Ingram. That's a restricted. Uh, New Orleans is definitely not trying to lose him. They're not going to lose him. And, we, of course, we know the biggest prize is Anthony Davis, player option. He's probably going to opt out and re-sign He's scheduled to make $28 million if he opts in, but he can make upwards of $34 million on a new deal. So everybody's saying he's going to opt out, opt back in. Pat Riley, get on the phone with AD Asian right now. That's Rich Paul, right? Uh, yeah, well, he's, he's uh, yeah. promoted, not promoted. Uh, let's go, Pat Riley. Let's get Rich Paul on the phone, bring AD to South Beach. But, no, um, any of those players that I mentioned stand out to you? Yeah, I kind of want to see what the Kings are going to do with Bogdanovich. Um, they do, you know, since he is a restricted free agent, they could match, you know, whatever contract he gets. I think they will because they're really high on him. But see, the question is going to be, too, him and Heald pretty much play the same position. And they already just uh, paid uh, Buddy Heald. So I think if they do end up, you know, extending Bogdanovich to a big deal, I think he was going to end up getting traded. You know, those are already reports that, you know, he wasn't answering Luke Watson's phone calls throughout the offseason. <laughs> so, I mean, that's Him and what's the other uh, shooting guard, Buddy, wasn't answering his phone call, Luke Walton? Yeah, that's why. So, Buddy Hill wasn't uh, answering his phone call, so I don't know what's going to happen there. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, you know, working out a trade scenario behind the scenes. But, um, yeah, that's going to be interesting, Bogdanovich. I think he's going to have, you know, a lot of buyers for him. Um, there's not too many teams with cap space. So it's going to be interesting who might offer him a big deal. But either way, I think the Kings are going to have to pay him this offseason. So I want to see what's going to happen there. Even though, you know, the Kings have been irrelevant, I guess this is like the most they're going to be on the news until next year. But um, <laughs> yeah, I want to see what happens there. Yeah, I mean, we all, like we said, the biggest prize is AD, but he's most likely to resign with the Los Angeles Lakers. That's more than likely. He's resigning, bro. Come yeah, on. he's resigning. I mean, I'm just I'm just giving NBA fans out there hope. He is a free agent guy. He's going to opt out. GMs, get Rich Paul on the phone. I'm going to say that one more time. You know, you sit in the room with Pat Riley, anything possible, you know that. But um, he's going to resign with the Los Angeles Lakers. And there's no other really free agent. I know everybody's looking forward to the 21 free agency when Giannis is a free agent. And others, you know, you have Kawhi who may opt out. You have Paul George who may opt out, become free agents. But this free agency is more about just fits. You have a spot on your roster and you need a fit. Gallinari, you know, he's a pretty good scorer. He could do some things. Jeremy Grant is a pretty good scorer. Gordon Hayward is a pretty good scorer, and he's a shooter. Joe Harris, I'm interested to see where he lands because he could potentially be that shooter that a lot of teams need, you know, when you're trying to spread the floor. And I'm surprised the Lakers not going after him harder, but I don't know who he's talking to at the moment. We don't have those insights. I don't know who he's talking to at the moment, but I think he's a really good free agent for a lot of teams out there. Yeah, I mean, what's interesting about this free agency, too, is since with the whole pandemic, kind of the salary cap didn't go up this year, so it's staying the same. 
and then you know due to that what was causing a lot of teams that don't have a bunch of cap space i think it said only what like six seven eight teams have over like 20 million in cap space yeah. for this NBA free agency and most of those teams are lottery teams there's no real contender besides the heat who could spend money this year but i think they're gonna just save it or look for you know big one-year deals to you know so they could keep that flexibility for next year because we all know who they're gonna try to go after but um so that's interesting, dude. I could see a couple contenders, you know, landing some not top tier free agents, but those, you know, mid tier free agents, those, you know, starters who could average 15, 20 points a game and settle on a one year uh, team friendly deal. Uh, one dude that does stick out too, and I don't think he's been, he has been getting love, but he hasn't really, you know, throughout the big media is uh, Christian Wood. He got really good last year when he was at Detroit, and I know a lot of people don't know who that is because he does play, you know, in Detroit. <laughs> so, you know, I kind of forget about you. But I'm kind of, you know, interested to see where he might go. I mean, in a normal free agency year, he would be getting paid probably upwards of 15, close to 20 million a year. But since the pandemic did hit, I think I would not be surprised if a playoff team could snatch him on, you know, using their full mid-level exception on him for a one-year deal. I could see that happening, or I could even see him settling for, you know, a couple 12, 13, 14 million dollars, which a lot of people have him going for, you know, on a four-year deal. So I think that's an interesting name to look out for. If he could be on a playoff team, he's a guy who kind of stretched the floor too on those high pick and rolls, play defense. He's a motor, you know, could do a little bit of everything. So, you know, that's a perfect, you know, like I said, if a playoff team could catch him on a one-year rental and then kind of bet on himself and try to get paid in 2021 where the cap will go up, uh, that could be interesting too. But uh, I don't know which, you know, under the radar free agency sticks out to you. Or free I- I think Goran Dragic, he's not under the radar, but I think he's a free agent that sticks out to me just because of the playoff run that he had. He he led the Heat in scoring throughout the first three rounds, and then before he got injured in the NBA Finals, if he come back fully healthy, I think he could definitely be a six-man off the bench for somebody back in a backup point guard role who could, you know, put up points, could stretch the floor. He shoots over 40% from the three-point line. I really do like him as a free agent. You also have Otter Porter Jr., I know he has some injury history, but he's a pretty good scorer when he's um, fully healthy. You have Malik Beasley, who played for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think he's a pretty good free agent as well. So there's some other names that do really stick out there. I'm not sure where they all will line up. You also have Tim Hardaway Jr., who has a player option. You have Jordan Clarkson, who's an unrestricted free agent as well. I mean, so it's a lot. You got Jake Crowder, who played great for the Miami, who probably was the biggest piece in that trade. Uh, when they sent, I forget his name, to the Memphis Grizzlies. So I think there's a lot of good free agents out there who could potentially, you know, help them. You have Marcus Saul, who's an unstricted free agent. So there's some names out there besides the people at the, at the top. <laughs> what do you think about this Oladipo news, though? And him asking other teams, can he play for them in front of his teammates? He's going to be a prize free agent this year. He, he's most likely... To not free agent, he most likely to get traded. His contract's not up until 2021, 2022, but he most likely going to be exiting out of Indiana after that news broke today. Yeah, I mean, if he really wants to get out of there, I don't see why, you know, that's, that report's pretty much, it's bad timing for him, especially if he really wants to get out, since, you know, his value is already kind of low because, you know, of the injury history of the last year or two. So that's even going to probably lower it even more because now teams know he wants to get out. So it's going to give the Pacers less leverage to make a deal. You know, negotiations might be a little bit tougher. 
But yeah, I could see a bunch of teams being interested, like those type of contenders. Dallas sticks out. Milwaukee was reported that they wanted to trade from, even though know, I don't know who they give up. You know, the first thing that came up is probably Bledsoe. But I don't even know if anyone wants Eric Bledsoe right now. Mm-hmm. Or oh, I don't know why the Pacers would trade from since they had Brogdon. But um, yeah, I mean, I could see a dark horse team, maybe like the Heat, trade for him thinking maybe they're one piece away. And then since the Nets are going to be fully healthy next year, I could see the Heat, you know, kind of gambling for them and trying to get better to compete with the Nets and the Celtics and whoever next season in the East. So, I mean, he'll still have his suitors. I don't know how that's going to affect negotiations with the Pacers since, you know, they know that he really wants to get out now if those reports are true. If I was Oladipo, I will just, you know, knock those reports off right now. Go on IG, go on Twitter, and <laughs> every platform on social media. It's a lie. Clear it all up, right? Yeah, clear yeah. it all up, man, if you really want to go, because that wasn't the move, bro. If you want to go somewhere, you got to stay quiet. Let the teams know behind the scenes, you know, that you're not happy or whatever, because the more leverage they have, it's easier for them to make a deal. But, um, yeah, I don't know. So it's going to be interesting to see where Oladipo goes. When it comes to Porter Jr. and, like, say, like, free agents like Andre Drummond, I don't really see him opting out. Just because Porter Jr., he has a $26 million player option. And then I don't see him getting that more. In the, I don't see him getting that in the open market. And then same for Drummond, too. He has a $25.4 million option. So he's staying in Cleveland. Even though I know a lot of if I was him, I would. I don't care. I'll get the minimum when we get out of Cleveland. But, um, yeah, so players like those with those high player options, those veterans, I don't see them really, you know, hitting the free agent market just because of the whole, you know, salary cap situation. But what is interesting, too, is kind of like those high-priced veterans, those top role players who have made money in the past, and you can see them kind of taking less to be on the championship team, like the Danilo Gallinari's, Ibaka's, maybe Jay Crowder's. Oh, he hasn't really made that much money. But those type of role players, you can make an impact and might take less this year, you know, in order to win a championship, those kind of you know, Tristan Thompson, too. People have been talking about him going to the Clippers and Lakers. I could see him taking, you know, the minimum just to try to get a ring. But, um, yeah, so players like that, that's going to be interesting. Those type of players, like, say, when Ibaka goes to the Lakers or Clippers, you know, that could kind of swing the title race. A Gallinari, too. What if he signs with the Clippers, too, or the Lakers or whatever? You know, those are the type of players who can make an impact and kind of change the title race. Definitely, definitely. Those are all definitely free agents that could try to change it. Sergi Baca rumored to go to the Los Angeles Lakers, rumored he unfollowed the Toronto Raptors, which which is so funny these days. I guess before a player leaves, you hear how they unfollow the team that they were playing for previously. Another name out there that stands out in a trade free agency rumors is Drew Holiday. They're talking about he may go to the Boston Celtics. He could go to the Brooklyn Nets. I know the Lakers were interested. I think he's definitely somebody that could change the tie. I just wanted to mention his name. I know that was the, one of the names that stood out to me in the trade free agency rumors as well. Last question, though. What do you think about the season starting so early? December, you think it's enough time? You think a lot of veterans are going to be taking time off? I know some players haven't played since March. They're eager to get back on the court. What do you think about that? You think it's too soon? You think it's right on time? I know it's money involved. You know, more. you start on December 22nd. They said they make upwards to an extra $500 million in revenue. So I got to see why the players in NBA definitely will want to start uh, on December 22nd. Yeah, I think the, the quick turnaround is going to just mainly affect, you know, those teams that were in the conference finals. So when it comes to the Lakers, Heat, Nuggets, and Celtics, I think they're going to be hurting the most from it just because they did go the farthest. 
Well, I mean, there was a part was so like there was eight teams that didn't even go to the bubble. Yeah. So they, they're gonna have what like an eight month, nine month layoff. Yeah. So they'll be fine. And then those teams that kind of got eliminated early in the bubble and even like they that got eliminated in the first round, they're gonna get that two and a half, three month break too, with just like any regular offseason. It's a normal offseason, yeah. Yeah. So, so I think this really applies just to like the final four. Those teams, I mean, it is going to be unfair for them. I saw, I guess, a number that from, like, when the Lakers last played was, like, 71 days until the season start. And then from, like, with the Warriors, it's going to be, like, 200-and-something days from the <laughs> last played game. So I kind of see why the Lakers will kind of be upset about it or the Heat. But, um, I mean, they're going to have to suck it up. Like you said, it's a $500 million difference in revenue. I mean, you got to take one for the team. And... LeBron is the king of load managing. He's been going to the finals, what, like the last 10 out of 11 seasons? Yeah, I so think he's, he's been to the finals 10 out of 18. I think he played 17, 18 seasons. He's been to the final about nine or 10 times, which is like over 50%, which is crazy number to make it to the uh, NBA finals over 50% of the time that you played in the NBA. Yeah, so I'm not too worried about him. He knows how to, you know, pace himself throughout the season. We might get some early DMPs from him and AD, but, um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm not tripping too much. I get it. It does suck for like, those four teams. But at the end of the day, you know, you got to play ball. I mean, you gotta, you're a multimillionaire. You're playing sports. So it kind of evens off in the, a bit. Right. But, um, yeah, yeah, they'll suck it up. And it's a 72-game season anyways. Plus, they did have that, what, four-month break between the pandemic mm-hmm. and the bubble. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just trying to look at the positives here. Hopefully, they take that to account. And that you made rest for the body did help them. But, um, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, LeBron, even Jimmy, like, they're the kings of taking care of their body. Hopefully, AD could get a point or two from LeBron because when it comes to his body and his health issues, I get scared a little bit sometimes. But, um, you know, hopefully he just does what LeBron's doing, taking care of his body. So, overall, I think the Lakers will be fine. Plus, you know, I'm assuming a huge core of their team will be together, just like the Heat, the Nuggets, and the Celtics. So, they don't have to get into those fast starts, you know, try to learn how to play together and stuff. Those are the four teams that can kind of take the first month off in a way, you know, and pace themselves and then kind of rally late in the season for a playoff run. But um, I think they'll be fine, you know, as long as they just take care of their bodies. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Two quick questions before I get out of here. The most intriguing thing you're looking forward to next week in the draft? Trades, man. Trades? Um, what's going to happen with those top three picks? You know, we know the Wolves are going to try to trade their pick and the Warriors too for try to get, a, you know, a veteran contribute right away i don't know if that's going to be able to happen but that's what i'm kind of looking at right now the rumors are going to be flying through the radar for this next week especially with you know free agency starting too so we're going to see what's going to happen and then there's a new rumor too that the celtics are trying to move up trade their three first rounders to, to the pelicans for that six pick and they could flip that six pick to get um oh, i'm sorry uh who has the six pick in the draft atlanta hawks yeah, so there was a rumor that they might trade their three first-rounders with I don't know who, or I mean with I don't know what, to get that sixth pick, and they could flip that sixth pick to get Drew Holiday and the package deal to the Pelicans. So a bunch of trade rumors. We'll see what's going to happen. We'll see what's, you know, kind of the fake rumors out there and what's legit. Because, you know, agents and, you know, GMs mm-hmm. are going to throw a lot of BS into the wind and see who catches it. Yeah. But um, that's going to be interesting. And then one-two we didn't cover, bro. Well, so with your, the Houston Rockets, I thought Harden was the best player in the league, and then his team is unraveling for like 30 in a row. What's going on, man? I don't know what's going on in Houston. They blowing it up. 
Um, Harden said he's happy. Westbrook says he want to go. I mean, I guess, you know, with the D'Antoni leaving and Marley going to the 76ers for their GM, I mean, it's unraveling in Houston. But you still have Harden, so you still have a chance. That's the way I see it. As long as you got Harden, who's a top five player in this league, you have a chance. Just build around Harden. If they trade Harden, then it's, yeah, there's a rumor about him going to Philly, uh, which I'm not sure those are real rumors, but those are rumors that are out there. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to what Houston does. And last question, Lakers go back to back? Of course. Come on, is that even a real question? Nah, it, it just depends what happens. You know, injury is going to play a part. And we'll see what happens in free agency, who's going to get better. You know, I know the Clippers are going to try to do something this offseason. And then I want to keep an eye on the Nuggets, too. I think since they made a run in the playoffs this past season in the bubble, I think they might be like, oh, we're maybe one move away from you know legit competing with the Lakers. Mm. Honestly, I think they might, as a matchup-wise uh, standpoint, they might be closer to beating us than the Clippers are just because mm-hmm. how, you know, they got that one-two punch in, in uh, Jokic and Murray. They got that big who could create. Um, if they keep Jeremy Grant, I'm going to see what's going to happen there. But I think he's a big priority for them in the offseason. If they keep Grant, and maybe they, if they got a player like Drew Holiday, I mean, they're in the rumors too to get him. They might be that one player away from maybe, you know, making it to the Western Conference Finals again. Mm-hmm. And who knows, maybe they could shock the world, too. But uh, I'm high on the Nuggets, too, man, especially what Murray did in the playoffs. You know, I'm not looking past them at all. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Great, great episode. Once again, congratulations to the Lakers for winning the 2020 NBA championship. Give that guy LeBron his flowers while he's here. I know people like to compare him to Jordan, Kobe, who's the best. They are all great players. It doesn't matter. They all are legends in my eyes. Please give him his damn respect, like he said. And also, lastly, shout out to Jenny Buss for being the first female owner to win an NBA championship. Huge, huge, huge salute to that. She doesn't give him credit what she did. She had to out her brothers just to get that championship and make the Lakers better. But I really, really think people need to value her a little bit more around the NBA league. Thanks, Jake. Great episode. Couch Talk Sports.